Welcome to the Hustle and Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Franks. This is my wife, Tiffany. She's my co-host here. Hey, we've been together a long time. Uh, 34 years, June the 1st, on a blind date. Been married 32, almost 33 years. Four kids, two grandkids, and a life full of stories. So we want to talk today. We're going to talk today about church and not just church. Gonna be fun. We're gonna talk about messy church. Messy church. Now, what's your church background? My church background was so different than your church background. My church background until you was pretty much whoever invited me from school to VBS, because you know that's what you did when you were younger. Um, Sunday school for a little while there was a church within walking distance of my neighborhood and my grandmother and I would walk over there sometimes. I don't even remember what denomination it was because not not having a church background, denomination didn't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, um, the most memorable church that sticks out to me up until about 12 years old was the one with the best snacks. So that can t- that probably tells you my motives. Um, and even still today. Oh, today. That's how she yeah, anybody, judges churches anybody based that, on snacks. Yeah, anybody that knows me knows that I, you know, I'm going to have the snacks. But my background was really anywhere I was invited. I, 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 I wasn't opposed to church. I just did not have a solid church background. Well, and that's uh, diametrically opposed to me. I grew up, um, you could pretty much call me Billy Baptist. And my dad and mom, we went to the, the local church there. Um, I think my dad got saved a couple years into their marriage, and we started going to church. And to be quite honest, we weren't real regular for a few years. I remember being seven or eight years old, and We'd go sometimes, and then we wouldn't. But at some point, they got serious about church. And so I grew up in the Baptist church, Sunday school, sword drills, um, knew the Scripture, and, and was taught uh, was taught the Bible. That, that was one thing that I was taught. And so I, I got a background of church. Uh, I got, you know, I remember you talking about, you know, in the Scripture and knowing all the, knowing all the things. I remember going to your church with you at one point and— I'm still sensitive about this today because I think about how, because I always like to think about how, to, how does somebody else feel. I know how something made me feel, and I don't, I don't want that for somebody else. I remember going to church with you, though, and being asked lots of questions and being put on the spot of things that they thought I should know. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me clarify this, though. We were playing a Bible trivia game on Wednesday night. Well, so it was hard. Nobody was quizzing her well, as she walked in the door. Let, now, carry on. But it was hard. So... <laughs> No, nobody brought me before the church and asked me questions, but I just remember of it being very clear to me, and I was a teenager then, of how much I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew all the things. It kind of made me mad. I you knew, knew all the things. things. Yes. Well, and I remember you talking about Paul and his wife, Silas, and their little boy, Timothy. <laughs> and that's that a is if you, such a overused joke. It's, it's a great joke. Funny. It's a great joke. It's not funny. But there, there was, no, this is no joke, when I was taking this, this seminar thing one time, the guy was telling us about Kirby Woods Baptist Church in Germantown or over in there, and one of the guys that helped kind of found that got saved and preached his first message on Paul, his wife, Silas, and their little boy, Timothy. True story. And uh, even though it's a joke, it is a true story. But, yeah, you're right. I, I did know all the things, but I didn't know a lot of things. Um, I was born again at church camp. 
1985, June the 5th, at Northeast Mississippi Community College over in the corner. Had my little all-star baseball shirt on, and for the first time in my life, I, I realized that I needed God, and I needed to be born again. So uh, how about you? It was, you know, I never know dates of pretty much anything. Was it 96, June 95? The, June the 22nd of 1995. 95. See, I did. I, I got it. And you were actually, dates. yeah, you were actually. I know how old our kids are too. She yeah, does I know, not. I don't, I don't have a clue. Um, but, and you were actually the one that led me to Jesus and was able to say the prayer with me. And so that, that was, that was a neat thing. So we have such different backgrounds. So when we're talking about messy church, Somebody like you, when church is messy, may not automatically think, this is crazy. This is church. Like, I don't have to do this. But somebody like me that maybe didn't have a, a church background. I, but, I, you know, it could happen to both both kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've not been raised in church your whole life, you may think, this is stupid. This is church. It's not supposed to be this way. I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, I think about somebody that just recently sat in my living room and told me their church is in another state and they were telling me about something that just happened and I didn't know that they weren't in church but his exact words to me were we stopped going because this kind of stuff happens in the bar not at church I don't have to go on Sunday mornings anymore and deal with this right yeah I remember hearing him say that and uh, you know what what they're going through, their church went through was was a pretty sensitive topic as far as like, you know, some things that, that people have to deal with. But, you know, and 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 I at some point I I'm gonna share something personal that, that we had to go through with Messy Church mm-hmm. back when we were younger. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But before we do that, you know, it's What's the one word you hear when it comes to church? I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Hypocrites. Yeah. And of course, you know, um, a pastor's going to clap back at that and talk about there's hypocrites at Walmart, but you still go and, you know, all the preacher sayings, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, because uh, as a preacher, there's a, I, apparently there's a book of sayings that preachers use. <laughs> You know, if you can, if you can cheer at a ball game, you can cheer for the Lord. Oh my I mean, gosh, that's one of the ones that drives me the crazy. I don't know if there's think, a book. Yeah. There, there may be. If there's not a book, I think I may write that. You yeah. know, the book of sayings for preachers. Yeah. New preachers need to read this book, so you've got all the sayings down. Yes. But hypocrisy. Church is full of hypocrites, and you know what does that really look like? I mean, what does that mean? In your mind, what is a hypocrite? So I think a hypocrite. To me, of course, is somebody who says something and does something else. But, you know, and I don't know that I ever looked at the church and said it's full of hypocrites. For me, that necessarily wasn't important to me. But I know it is to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always... Religious people. Right, because I've always not had so much not born again. of my own stuff to work through that it really didn't bother me what you were going through in your life, because especially now, this this far into this thing, I realize that you may not be a hypocrite. You just may be going through some stuff and having some imperfections, because I also know being a Christian, you go through seasons where you may be a saint one day, and you may be a serious sinner the next, because you're not 
you're not reading the Bible. You're not praying. You're not doing the things that you need to do. Your heart's not pricked anymore to things that, you know, that you need to fix. And so I don't always necessarily look at it, at it as hypocrisy as much as just, you know, you may be dealing with some stuff. But for me, what was more important was, you know, the, the love that, yeah. that people either showed towards each other or didn't show it to each other. The grace that yeah. people either showed towards each other or didn't show towards each other. But, yes, that is a common thing that people say, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, and, and but I think you pegged it, though, because it, looking back, the people who really talk about hypocrites, for the most part, I, from my experience, okay, is that people who have some kind of religious background, that maybe they were drugged to church as a kid and they saw things that didn't line up. Daddy would go sing in the choir, but he would cuss mama at night mm-hmm. or, or mama would, would go and be the church secretary, but she's out tying one on with the girls on Thursday night. And uh, that, that's a whole host of other things. So let's not get into to politics or, or doctrine, but I'm just saying they thought it was one way, but it was something else. And I had a buddy tell me one time and, and not too long ago, probably a couple of years ago, we were we were standing on the sidewalk down at Crave, and he was telling me. I was asking him. Him and his wife were having problems, and I was asking him. I said, "Well, look, man. I said, what kind of relationship do you have with God? You know, what, what do you what do you know about God or, or, or Jesus?" And you know, his, he wasn't opposed, like you said, he wasn't opposed to God, but his thing was, well, the people I know that go to church, they do the things I do, but worse, and. Uh, it, it, it gets in their mind that that's what you shouldn't be doing. But but to take the point that you said, sometimes people are just going through. Right. They're just going through stuff. And I think that we believe that people should be perfect. When you go to church, if you serve God, you shouldn't have problems. You should be perfect. And I, I'll just be the first to admit, I struggle sometimes. There's days that I there's days that I really struggle sometimes, and I I try to work through that, you know, and uh, I'm not perfect, and God never required us to be perfect because if we could be perfect, then we never needed Him in the first place. Uh, but I do think it. You're right. There is a season of that people go through stuff and that they're not perfect, and so it, it gets messy, you know. Um, I, I like I like the thought. Everybody talks about well, somebody hurt me at church. I got hurt. I remember being hurt. Sister so-and-so hurt me. The pastor hurt me. Uh, Brother Brad hurt me. Somebody hurt me. But I wonder if they ever take the converse of that and think that they hurt people too. Yeah. You know, we always like to be the victim in the situation. And, And the best church stories are the ones where you're the victim. That's the juiciest story. When you go to a new church and you church hop, it's, let me tell you what my last church did to me, and it just becomes this awful story that may be true, may not be true, but for the most part, uh, it sometimes it becomes a victim mentality. Yeah, when in fact you may have been the villain. Ooh. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. The Joker. You might be the Joker and, and instead of being Batman, and uh, it, it, you're right. So... You know, we have always, for the most part in our ministry life, whenever I gave my life to, to the ministry in 95, we've been closely connected to pastors. 
Yes. And we've pastored some, we've youth pastored, we've been executive pastors. We've done a lot of different ministry work, but we've always been closely connected to pastors. And I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a real spiritual growth to look behind the curtain at pastors. Now, don't take this and think that all pastors are out doing crazy stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to know that your pastor is just a person. He struggles just like you do. He puts his pants on just like you do, unless he jumps in them while his wife is holding them. But he, he struggles just like you do. And I think that that gets messy sometimes because they expect certain things, and it's hard to see behind the curtain sometimes. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely, especially if you haven't. I think about it's so exciting to see young ministers in ministry and to see staff members who are 20, 22, 24, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say a a lot of times at that age, and, and especially when you're first in ministry, you don't have the maturity to see behind the curtain and not to um, slant your view of church and leadership. Mm-hmm. But what happens is instead of it just slanting that, it also can slant your perception towards God. Mm-hmm. TikTok right now is full of people who are, Gosh. I would say, average age about 30 who have been youth pastors, who have been staff members at large churches, and they're all telling these horror stories. And and some of those may be true. They may be absolutely true because we've we've seen some horror stories talking about messy church, but some of those may just have been them seeing people being people, right? but yet they didn't have the maturity to um, compartmentalize that and say, okay, that is that person. Mm -hmm. That's not church as a whole. That's not God. That's not ministry as a whole. That is in its, in a box with itself. hundred percent. And then, and you're right. The trend on TikTok specifically right now is I've watched it's uh, it's people who have quit church or they're making what's called, I, there's this thing that I follow some days called the religion business. It's talking about church as a business and that type stuff and mega pastors and just, and listen, everybody has their place in calling. Okay. And, and it, it gets sticky when they see uh, people just being people. And you're, you're right. It, it is hard to see that sometimes. And, but here's the thing. We will look in the mirror and we may have done something yesterday that was uh, terrible, but we will give ourselves grace. Yeah. But the person who leads that church or the person who whatever, we won't extend the same grace to them because they're supposed to be whatever whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it gets it gets sticky. It really gets sticky sometimes, and that you have to realize you're serving God and not man. And I know that sounds trite. That sounds so easy. You just need to be faithful to the Lord while your pastor's having an affair with his secretary. You know, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that people get in situations, and that does not represent church as a whole. Right. It does not represent God as a whole. And whenever you do compartmentalize, uh, to use your word on the other way, to compartmentalize that this is just every church. Every church is bad. Every pastor is bad. Every church member is bad. That's just not true. Uh, it does get messy um, with with some of that, you know? Yeah. You know, I think about if, if I had bailed the first time or the second time or the third time that I had been in messy church situations, 
I would have missed out on some of the blessings that I have now, some of the relationships I have now, some of the opportunities that I've had now, and just also the blessing that comes by locking your feet in and staying. Because one thing I've seen is that sometimes when you stay through Messy Church, you don't know who needs you. Absolutely. You don't know who needs to see you being stable because they may be going through something or about to go through something that they absolutely need to be part of a church community and people that pray, you know, to get them through that. I know recently when we went through a very messy church situation, there were people that would come to us and ask us, are you leaving? Yeah, right. And we got that question over and over, are are y'all leaving? And we said, no, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Like what happened, what that person chose to do has absolutely nothing to do with me. Absolutely. I'm here. I'm here because, and this is what it goes back to, and I know you'll probably elaborate on this. I'm here because God called me here mm-hmm. and he hasn't told me to leave. Right. So what they did has nothing to do with me. You know, I always, I've, I've asked my kids sometimes, they'll, they'll complain. I'll say, what does that got to do with you? What does it got to do with you? And so sometimes it's, it's as simple as that. It's like, what does that got to do with you? Well, and, and you're right. We've been where we've been in our in our life is that whenever God sends us somewhere that we choose to commit there and don't understand it sometimes. Yeah. Now look, we'll often, yeah. You've said it and I'm going to say it. Where we're at now, sometimes we're like, okay, God, how did we end up here? Yeah. And only God knows why you're needed for a situation, and it's not always that a church is going to go through something. That's why they need you. Sometimes you have skill sets and you have giftings that that particular ministry needs yeah. to help move them to the next place in their life. Um, you know, that's that when God plants you somewhere, you stay until God says leave. Yeah. And of course, we know how that goes. God says a whole lot that God don't say. <laughs> God told me. God told me, and the truth is they haven't read the word in about six years, and they hadn't prayed since uh, the last blue moon, and God ain't told them nothing. It's their spirit telling them what they think they want to say. Uh, we recently had a had a man talk that, that God told him not to tithe. I said, wow. It's not the kind of God that I listen to. Uh, you know, it's it, and that, that's a controversial subject in itself, but— it's one of those things, sometimes your heart just says a bunch of stuff and you attach God's name to it, and that's where it gets messy. That's where it gets crazy. And so I would like to share a personal thing, if you're good with that. About I don't know what it is, but, I mean, you go ahead. So Well. Yeah. I trust you. We've been together June the 1st, 1990. Blind date for you, not me. I'd have never went out with you if I hadn't saw you. Shallow. Shallow how. Shallow as a puddle. But we got, we got together, took you out on a date. Two weeks later, you told me, hey, we're getting married next year. I didn't know any different. I was just young and ignorant. So I said, oh, okay, I guess we'll get married next year. Went and got a ring. Um, and look, let's just, let's just shoot it straight. We got pregnant before we were married. And my dad was a pastor. Yeah. And that complicates things. <laughs> So guess what we had to do? We had to stand up 
before the whole congregation and apologize for her being pregnant. Now, there's some of you out there beating your chest thinking, that's right. Yeah, man, you should have got up there and told it. Yeah, you should tell them all. Well, there if you read the Bible, there is a process of how that's supposed to go. You go to the person, if they don't listen, you bring somebody back, and then if they still don't listen, then you bring them before the church. Well, that is the process. Well, first of all, nobody came to me and said they were offended that I had my girlfriend pregnant. Because if they would have would have said that, I would have apologized because I was I was distraught uh, when I had to tell my parents that it, it was hurtful for me to have to tell my parents that nobody came to do that. So we had to stand before the church. Well, the kicker is I was a member of church. She was not. So they made somebody who wasn't a member of the church stand up before a congregation of strangers and tell her personal business. And let me just be honest with you. At 52 years old, looking back, if I'd have had the wisdom then that I have now, I would have said, no thanks, not happening, because that's not the way that the Bible reads, and that's not the way that church is handled. So it was messy. And do you think that that made an impression on my bride-to-be, that she really wanted to come to that church and wanted to be part of that? Well, and if we go back and we do the math, was not saved no so it, it did not aid in my wanting to come to wanting to come to know the lord because this is one thing i i say all the time and you know that i say this i always say it's the goodness of god that leads man to repentance That's repentance biblical. and well yeah i just i didn't come up with that obviously the bible come up with that but that's the thing is if if i think if i had known it's possible i don't i'm not to say if i if i had felt the love from people, then I might have come to repentance so much faster than I did yeah. than just seeing the messy, ugly side. But at that point, talking about maturity, I didn't have the maturity to know how to put that aside and go, okay, that's this church. This is not everywhere. Everybody is not going to drag you in front of the church to talk about your sins. This is not going to happen everywhere. But, but, you know, it did happen. That was messy church. It's, that was very, well, I don't know that it was messy church. It was just unbiblical. So it, it became was messy, messy handling of yes, church stuff. That, yeah, that's a good, yeah. So, yeah, and look, that happened to us. And are we over it? Of course we are. You know, well, you, may, you may be over it. No. Uh, yeah, she's I'm still kidding. working through it. Pray for her because she's got to work yeah. out salvation with fear and trembling. I'm over it, yeah. But, but again, Something as crazy as that, and there are crazier stories out there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some crazier stories than that as we progress through these podcasts because we believe that that healing comes by allowing yourself to get whatever's in your heart out. And I believe that that, that forgiveness is there. But no matter where you are today— you know, if you're if you're in a church that's in turmoil, if you have personally put somebody through turmoil, um, you don't have to uh, it don't have to be messy. You can work through that. You know, there are good people out there. There are good churches out there that have went through some stuff, but it does not. Uh, it's not specific to church in general, and it's not specific to God in general. You have to overcome those things. And so, any any parting words before we? Yeah, cut I mean, out? just just remember that that pastors are not God. No, people 
are not God. Absolutely. So remember that he's the one, if he's the one that sent you, then he's the only one that needs to tell you truly when it's time to go. And that's through lots of prayer. You don't just hit the door because something gets messy or something bad happens. And that you have to remind yourself constantly of your why. Why why were you sent there? Why are you there? And and stay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good that's a good word. We'll end on that is is stay until God moves you and don't remove yourself. Hey, listen, there's two kind of people. There's the kind of people who walk the walk and there's the kind of people who talk the talk and we always want to be the former. We want to walk the walk and we encourage you to do so. Hey, listen, if you like this podcast, give us a follow. Give us a shout-out. Give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. look forward to spending more time with you as the weeks progress. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I've been wanting this forever. I've been in the field with whatever they throw at me. Brush it off, pick myself up, moving on to the battle. Okay.